Hey guys, Rhett here with this week's Game Devs Quest quick tip. Never underestimate the power of the work sprint. If you are questioning your productivity or maybe you're just, you're burned out, you're overwhelmed, overloaded, you're just overburdened with the sheer amount of work that you're facing, you can always count on a work sprint to get the gears moving again, to get the let out. Here's how it works. Some of you might know this is the Pomodoro technique, but it's the same thing. Go ahead and set yourself a 20 or 25 minute timer or do what I do, create a 20 minute music playlist and then get to work. Work your tushy off, whether it's doing the dishes, mowing the lawn, getting those last lines of code in. Work your butt off and when that timer goes off, enjoy yourself a short break. And if you got more work to do, well then do it again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Game Dev's Quest, your once <laughs> weekly podcast following two game dev scrubs and a game devdom, Shay. If we can do it, you can too. I'm Red. I'm Taylor. Apparently, the holidays bring out all kinds of voices. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Just trying to exercise the Christmas spirit from me now that we're a little bit past that. So, right. yep. yeah, you'll have to forgive me as I slip in and out of character. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's a nice segue, or not segue, but preview of what we got in store. Actually, it would have been a great segue had I it planned that out a little bit. I know, bit. yeah. <laughs> uh, nice, dude. Well, yeah, so go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, we're going to try to keep things tight. We've been talking a little bit about, and we've said this on air a bunch of times, but we've been talking about uh, getting back into game dev topics um, primarily and just being a little bit more structured and not just BSing the whole time talking about our weeks. So I think we'll do a quick uh, catch-up session and then we'll go into some stuff I'm excited to talk about. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first on the agenda, how was your Christmas? Uh, Christmas was good. Um, Ooh, wow. You must hate the holidays. I do. Yeah. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> it's, just a lot. <laughs> it's just a lot of work, you know, and especially when you're doing the whole like two family celebration thing. Um, mm, try three. Yeah, I know. So you probably hate it a third more than I do or something. I don't know if my math was good, but. Uh, Definitely at least one third more. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's that bit, but. It was it was good seeing seeing my family. We went down and saw my grandma and grandpa, um, and then we went up and saw Allie's family on Christmas. And you know we have two nephews that are kind of fun to hang out with. Makes it a little bit more exciting rather than just yeah. you know adults. Um, but yeah, uh, nothing too well, crazy. Plus, like the like young kids are like so much more fun than yeah like annoying ass toddlers. Well, yeah, they're kind of getting to almost toddler stages. At least one of them is. But well, one of them is like what, eighteen months, two years? Yeah, getting close. Uh, yeah, eighteen months, I think. Like, weren't but, they born like right after we got back from Japan, or right before? Yeah, yeah, he was. And then the other one was just like born this summer. Yeah, yeah, or, like so, a couple months ago. Yeah, one of them is like just baby, baby, super cute. He's an angel, and actually, most babies are like super scared of me and don't like me, and. My newest nephew, like what for whatever reason, I just go up to him and every time he's just smiling away at me. It's so awesome and cute. 
Yeah. Uh, so but here's was, a question. Yeah. How do you know that most babies hate you? Like, how many babies have you well, been around, first of all? I guess that's, yeah, not many. <laughs> mm. Maybe like six. But Who put um, that idea into your head? Guess. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> here's the thing I've noticed about being a man who is around babies is that people love to paint you into a narrative. Uh-huh. They love to like paint you into this archetype that makes sense. And that way they can say like, Ugh, all babies hate Taylor. He just goes near him and they start screaming. <laughs> and you know, it's like, I don't know why it is that people like doing that. People do that same thing to me. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. And it's always uh, like about my facial hair. Oh, well, my facial hair scares me. And this time, my newest nephew, his dad has facial hair, so maybe that's the reason that he likes me. I don't know. But I doubt it. No. <laughs> he probably just likes you because he's yeah. a fucking baby. I know. He's a happy And if they baby, don't like you, great. it's because they're a fucking baby. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, like, people have been doing this to me since, like, my very first friends in high school started having babies. And they, like, it's like you do one thing, and then they that's who you are with babies for the rest of your life in that person's <laughs> mind. Yeah. And, like... Uh, the first nephew that we had on my wife's side, like he was super cryy. He didn't like anybody. He was like a super mama's boy, and you go to anybody, he would cry. And because like I didn't really like having to like talk over crying babies all the time, like people painted me as this person who it's like oh the screaming it just like. It, it bothers Rhett. He's sensitive about that. And it's like, <laughs> no, I just fucking hate talking over screaming babies. Like, yeah. I miss having a fucking conversation with adults without their kids crying all the time, which makes me sound super harsh. But then I became, I became the uncle that has like sensitive ears or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. I mean, to be honest, I think that that's not a false statement. Well, but... I do kind of have sensitive ears, but at the same time, like, it's a freaking baby crying. Like, it's not what was bothering me. Yeah. You know? like, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Well, I haven't had many interactions with babies. So, oh, well. um, so it's weird. Like, cause I held my, my two nephews and the one that's, uh, you know, a little bit older now that he's not scared of me. Like we played a lot and he, he's funny cause he loves like turning on lights and stuff so he's always like pointing at things and i'll like walk him over and he'll like turn a, a switch on or something and it's just like enamored with that or like opening uh, cabinet doors and then like slamming them uh, <laughs> well he is but, wielding power that is nigh on godlike compared to a thousand years ago so. i know yeah <laughs> let there be light <laughs> <laughs> um but then my other my other nephew like I just don't know how to really hold him because he's so small and I'm like worried that I'm going to hurt him or something. And I don't know. The, yeah. This last time, the first time I met him, I held him for a while and just sat there and he just slept on me and farted on me and stuff, you know, like, uh, but this time he, like I picked him up and he was just like screaming. So I was like, I gave him back to Alia. Yeah. Um, that's what you do when babies yeah, scream. You just I, give I them to know. somebody else. Yeah, I it's don't just, know what to do. <laughs> right. And there's nothing wrong with that. See, that's the thing. But then people cling on to all these things. Or they or they like watch you like n- struggle to hold a baby. It's only your second nephew ever. Yeah. And they like watch you struggle to hold a baby and they're like, Oh geez, Taylor hates babies. <laughs> you know, or Taylor's scared of babies. And the truth is like if you just had more practice holding babies, you'd be good. Like watch yeah. any any old man who's had kids hold oh, a baby yeah. and they're like pros at it, dude. I know. May as well be a football. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> they can get sacked uh, and they might not even drop that thing. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like actually, what's funny is <laughs> we're going into the woods here, but I, I like, one of my favorite things with babies is watching like is watching uh, like old men carry around babies, like especially yeah. newbies. Like it's so cute. Right. It's like you Anyways. don't forget to ride a bike. You don't forget to how to tie your shoe. You can hold a baby if you've had one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing, dude. Like, I actually really like holding babies, but because people paint these, like, narratives, they're just like, they're like, oh, Rhett's this way, Rhett's that way. It's like, yeah. I don't want that level of scrutiny. Like, I just want to hold the cute baby. <laughs> dude, you know? that's that's just you, man. Always breaking those white man stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a stereotype about white man and babies? I don't know. Clearly, I guess. <laughs> it's been applied to both of us. <laughs> yeah, true, I guess. But I think it's just because both of us probably, like, I guess I don't know how Alia's childhood was, but like Bailey had a lot of exposure to a lot of babies forever for like her yeah. whole life. So like, dude, by the time she's like ha- started having her own nieces and nephews, it's like the 20th baby she's changed diapers on, you know? Yeah. See, I've never changed a diaper. I don't know if Alia yeah. has either. Maybe, Me maybe neither, even but babysitting whatever. or something, but yeah. actually I guess technically <laughs> I have, but Allie is great with kids though. She's just like, like when we go over to her parents' house and the babies are there, like that's what Allie is doing. She's just hanging out with the babies, which is cool. So yeah, that's cool. Good yeah. for you guys. Well, cool. Yeah. Anyways, how Sounds was your? Like... Yeah, <laughs> mine. Yeah, my yeah. Uh, my Christmas is okay. Yeah, it was fine. Moving on, or <laughs> <laughs> no, it was okay. Yeah, we just uh, celebrated with family and of course we've got three families which is always a joy yeah um and uh, but yeah it was pretty chill that was what was nice about it is just compared to other years it was pretty chill and uh just relaxed probably drank too much ate too much and um all that type of stuff so i gotta say that uh christmas eve was probably more a little bit more fun than christmas day for us because that's when we spend a little bit more time with bailey's family and we we do a lot of fun activities nice um so, and it, cool. and it was kind of fun. That was, uh, when we got to watch our nephews, like open their presents was Christmas Eve. And they're always fun to watch, like just because they're fucking little terrorists, basically just like tearing apart the house and their toys and stuff. <laughs> so I don't know. It's kind of cute for a little bit and then they go away and you don't have to deal with it. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. yeah happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. If you celebrate that, um, if not happy holidays and whatever it might be. Yep. Um, sorry, we're, sorry, we're a little late, but yeah, well, you know, we, we had to, uh, celebrate the holidays. So we gave ourselves a little bit of a Christmas hiatus, but we're here. We're not going to miss the week. We're just going to be a little late. That being said, usually depending on which calendar you use and well, which is a fair point to make. You know, if you're in the Western world with us, we use the Gregorian calendar. Uh, and Christmas tends to be towards the end of that year. Um, yep. That being said, <laughs> we're fast approaching 2019. Oh my God. And 2018 has been an interesting year for technology, uh, yeah, for technology, for video games, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was curious if you'd like to talk about some of, uh, I don't know if you have any highlights from 2018, but maybe we could talk about some some predictions of 2019. Yeah. Uh, well, I definitely want to talk about some predictions. Um, highlights. Wow. I did get a new laptop this last year. I got the. How's uh, that been working out for you? It's been really good. Um, so I got the Yoga 
uh, Lenovo Yoga 720, it's convertible, um, has 16 gigs of RAM, nice graphics card, pretty quick Core i7 processor. Uh, it's been really awesome. The The only complaint I really have is that, so I went with a 4K monitor because why not, I guess, was my thought process there. And everything that I read about it just said it. everything looks super crisp and um you know it was pretty cheap so i got it um but there's some maybe that i'm not doing something right or what but there's certain things that are harder to do on it um like for instance uh i i think what's happening is that there's a lot of software that wasn't really built to handle 4k yet Mm -hmm. so for instance when i try to do pixel art on my laptop uh, using pixel edit, it's a lot harder to do because, um, like the resolution is, is fine. Like the, the size of the buttons and stuff are fine, but for some reason, like the cursor is like, I can never see it. So I'm always guessing where my cursor is. Um, it's like super, super small. And if I actually do see it, it's like a pixel in width, you know, it's weird. So I think you, edit the size of your cursor i don't know because it's well maybe that would help i don't know if it's like windows specifically or if it's something in pixel edit but i'm i'm finding these little nuance problems with uh a number of different things also a lot of video games uh have some weird issues with playing on the 4k resolution so i'll actually have to sometimes change my resolution down to something smaller so that certain games will run like for instance um shoot now i forgot the name there was this uh like pixel art kind of dungeon crawler game that i was playing a while back and every time i launched it it was like the game itself was kind of centered on the top right corner of my screen and like i i couldn't click on any of the menus or anything it was weird (laughs) so i had to just like mess with it uh I figured out a little workaround, but it's like there's all these little nuanced things that I'd have to do for certain programs to get it to work. But otherwise, like the laptop's a beast. Um, it's fun having the convertible aspects because I can, you know, flip the keyboard around and just use it like a tablet. And there's some games that are really great for that. Um, or if I'm just like watching something, sometimes that's pretty cool. Nice. Um, so that was pretty good. I also did uh, set up my pie hole, which was awesome. I haven't really had any any complaints. Yeah, I have a hot pie hole. Um, <laughs> but what else? <laughs> it's weird thinking back, like, now that 2018 is over, or almost over, like, it seems like, oh, yeah, 2018 is over. But, like, a lot actually happened in 2018. It's hard to remember back on everything. Yeah. I know, yeah, and I I was tempted today, I didn't have time to do it at work, but go back and listen to what you and I and John had talked about uh, for our predictions of 2018 and things like that, Yeah, and um, and for our goals and things like that, see how many we can cross off the list, but I just didn't have time today, so maybe I'll have to do that uh, this week. Yeah, What? Um, other, so any highlights for you from 2018 in terms of technology? In terms of technology, RTX seems stupid. Um no, I don't know. Overall, like I think one of the big highlights, at least in terms of the focus of this podcast, uh, would be 
uh, going to PAX and getting uh, like it was kind of cool that I got to do one of the first hands-on uh, demos in North America for NVIDIA's RTX technology. Yeah, um, that was kind of neat. I was a little underwhelmed by it. I think I talked about it on the podcast that I just uh, and that'll tie into my predictions later. I just don't. I, I'll talk about that later. But yeah, I got to do that. So that was kind of you know pretty unique, at least for me. Yeah, um, finding myself in a position to be able to do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, well, wh- but otherwise, uh, go ahead. Yeah, another thing. Just thinking about it, like I think I I kind of started streaming at the second half of 2017, but I didn't really start streaming hard until probably 2018. And a lot of the people that are in our Discord, like we didn't know until this year, which is yeah. kind of wild to think about. Because yeah. now I feel like I'm good friends with a lot of people in the Discord. So that's just yeah. It's one of crazy. my favorite things is when like internet. Uh, friends become just like household names, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's always fun. Yeah. Cool. Well, do you want to move on to predictions? Let's do it, man. Yeah. We've been kind of beating around this, but um, so to be fair, me and Taylor did put a little bit of thought into this beforehand, mostly because our friend John Dodson from Cheerful Ghost, who's been on the podcast a couple times, asked us to come up with some predictions. Um uh, for for his podcast, and I had already put some thought into this for my work over at Craft Computing. So we're just kind of milking off the same idea <laughs> here, and we're going to go ahead and, and talk about our predictions a little bit. But if you want to hear about what they say, you should definitely tune in to Cheerful Ghost. I think after the first of the year, they're going to talk about uh, their predictions and things like that. So uh, Cheerful Ghost Radio Podcast uh, with John Dodson. Uh, Taylor's been a guest on there, right? Haven't you? Uh, no, not on their podcast. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought that you went on and talked with them when uh, you uh, dropped Iceberg 2, but I guess I misunderstood. Oh, they uh, they did like a an interview via text, you know? Oh, right, on Cheerful yeah. Ghost. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, so the cool. game's up on their uh, website. With a, They asked me a bunch of questions about the development of it and everything, but... That's my bad. You know what's funny is I played Iceberg 1 today just to see, <laughs> um, well, mostly because I've been composing a lot of music and I was like, what did I do with all that music? And I couldn't find like the files that I used for that. So I just played the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I'm tempted um, to sometimes because I remember that ending being super epic. All like, dude, the gothic church bells and stuff. That's exactly yeah. like I got to that and I was like... <laughs> Oh, this is way cooler than I remembered it being. Like, that was really good music. Dude, by the way, did I... There was... I don't know if I ever told you this, but there's some guy who did, like, a YouTube video on that game, and it was pretty funny. I have to see if I could find that. He, like, played it and was like, huh. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Please do. That would be amazing. (laughs) I was really tempted to start, like, dicking around with... I know that you already did Iceberg 2, but I thought it'd be funny to do just like a a version of Iceberg three that's very similar to Iceberg one that's but a, like more playable. Yeah, dude, and how awesome would that be if we just kept rolling out new renditions <laughs> of Iceberg, and then eventually we get to the point where it's like a fully released game and it's like Iceberg sixteen or something. <laughs> uh, It'd be so great. Yeah, yeah, that was fun though. It's it was really fun and just. Even just having it up in the background brought back a lot of memories of us working on that. That was such a fun. That was like our first game jam. That was my first it, game jam. Yeah, dude, it was mine too. Yeah, yeah. and it was such like a clusterfuck, but like we <laughs> got it out, so that's cool, dude. Yeah, I feel 
thinking back on that is just so funny. Like we we did there was like probably fifteen lines of code, like uh and one of them was to to make it so that it would um play in the background when you click off the window like when the window's not focused yeah i programmed that so it can run in the background for you to listen to i couldn't even remember i was like i remember this being a big deal but like there's so little music in it and i was like well the animation's playing is the music playing and i'd like click off and i was like there's no music so i had to wait for (laughs) to see and i was like oh that's right all right cool dude that's funny it is yeah Anyways. We gotta. We might have to revisit that. We should. Maybe we gotta do our own climate jam. We should see if they do that, like climate oh. game jam. More oh not, yeah, dude. More often. Yeah, it was. It was in April. We should do it again. Yeah, I'd be down. Let's or talk we about should that. host our own climate game. Well, jam. that's what I was just gonna say. Like, if yeah. they're not doing it, we should do our own. Yeah, that'd be sick. Cool. Anyway, Spread the word. Uh, you want to talk about your predictions first, or we can go back and forth, or. Um. Well, I think you had more fleshed out predictions and some of ours went kind of hand in hand so why don't you start and if you want to hand it off to me you can should i just go in order or should i like bounce off some of the stuff you said <laughs> i don't care uh okay yeah so my number one prediction in gaming anyways uh and technology uh this kind of relates um i think that the nintendo switch is going to drop in price i haven't followed it like during the holiday season so like it might have already dropped in price yeah. but i don't think it did but i think it's going to be like a pretty significant like hundred dollar price drop Dude, that would be awesome because I keep um, itching to get one and I never, never, ever pull the trigger just because I'm a cheapskate. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, and I'm kind of neck deep in my PlayStation 4 and things like that. But I, uh, John and Steve brought a Switch when we went to PAX and just seeing them play it like while we were there was like so cool. Yeah. They have so many good titles. And not only that, but I think we're seeing well we're already seeing an indie revolution on switch right and i think that the indie marketplace is going to be pretty much switch dominated uh coming up this year and i think it's part of the price drop i think they were just waiting personally i think that they were just waiting for super smash bros to come out yeah um and of course they get the holiday sales in that, that way but i think like and i read a couple months ago that they have uh sales goals that they want to meet in the first quarter and that they could reasonably expect to do it if they gave a significant price drop. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's kind of why I think that we're going to see that. But yeah, not only that, like our, our buddies uh, over at Butterscotch shenanigans um, are releasing games on switch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, lots of these com- PC indie games that we've been seeing are getting release dates on switch. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect platform. Yeah. It's kind of like, you have the triple I indie devs, you know, and I think mm-hmm. it's kind of like what separates just the no name indies from triple I indies. And so if you get a, a game put up on switch, like you've hit it, like you're, you're real. Yeah. Uh, and that's just based on what I've heard. I don't have any experience with it, but um, you know, and it's, it's super interesting because, you know, I think we can thank Microsoft and Xbox for sort of really pioneering this like indie marketplace type thing Yeah. Um, with the Xbox market. You know, mm-hmm. we all saw the success of Super Meat Boy, mm-hmm. but all of these people that are now making games, you guys included, probably grew up. And I'm sure all of us played PC games, but I guarantee almost all of us played Nintendo. 
mm-hmm. or Super Nintendo. And now that we're older and we're putting out stuff, like there are some people who are like, the first game I ever played was Super Mario Brothers, and now I'm putting a game out for Nintendo. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> it's badass. Like that is. is really cool. Yeah. Um. So that's my first. Um. That's my first uh, prediction. What about you, Taylor? Or do you want me to keep going? Uh, my next one bounces off yours a little bit. So. Okay. Uh, let's see. Well, your next one is about just kind of the antics we see with these big name studios. Uh, so I'll just say that. Basically, my prediction is that we're going to continue to see big name studios like Blizzard and Bethesda just kind of show how um, <laughs> not in touch they are with their audience. Right. Um, we we keep seeing just these big studios. And now, like, honestly, I wonder how, if... Because my first point was about the Steam Steam and all these, like, stores that are coming out, you know, all the... Yeah. And part of it, I wonder if some of these, like, Steams or whatever are going to be wrapped into the same thing, where it's all kind of just, like, these big companies who have dominated the markets are just... It's going to come to the top that they are not in touch anymore. And they still will probably, like get the most money or whatever because they've built such a gigantic following over all these you know like the last decade or two but we're gonna start to see them get shaken up a little bit and not be as successful and and maybe start seeing kind of a downward trend yeah i think valve is kind of a good poster child for this especially like look at their of course look at the the stuff that they've been doing to end indies lately with steam Mm -hmm. and which is why we saw the announcement of epics uh game store and now discord is even i think announcing a game store Mm um i mean and it's kind of cool and like why not like it's kind of interesting like i think that See, personally, the hard thing is it's like I'm probably not going to switch off of using Steam for a while because I have so many things in my library associated with it. And if I could take my library with me, that might be one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like look at Project uh, CD Projekt Red. Yeah. They're the ones that created GOG. Uh, GOG. And it's doing great. It's doing it's doing amazing, and it's DRM free and all this stuff. So I think if we start seeing more quote unquote indies like CD Projekt Red, uh, <laughs> um, you know, doing stuff like that, it might be good for the marketplace. But what's more, a Valve is kind of a, a is like has one foot on each side of this whole thing. It's not just the stores; it's also just like AAA development in general. It's like I think Steve Jobs said it. Uh, I could be wrong, but basically he talked about like a company will, you know, oh shit, what did he say? Basically, like, you you know a company's failing when they, when they start letting their accountants make their uh, yeah. artistic decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're seeing with, like, look at Blizzard, and everybody knows about the, everybody knows about the shit that went on at BlizzCon. You know, right? They've got this epic convention geared just for fans of Blizzard. And let me tell you, like, that's a special lot of people. And they fly all the way out of their ways to go to BlizzCon because, oh, we got news about Diablo that you're going to love. And everybody's like, Diablo motherfucking 4. It's here. They're going to redeem. Or even maybe even just like a re-release of Diablo 2, right? Yeah. And then they announced Diablo Immortals, and instead of, like, 
acknowledging that their fans might be a little bummed about it, they flip the script and the guy says, what, you guys don't even have phones? <laughs> None of you guys have phones? Like, come on. Like, it shows yeah. how out of touch they are with their own fan base if they thought that a Western fan base was going to be excited about a mobile game like this. I don't think that the West is really ever going to grab a hold of mobile gaming like has taken place in Asia. Right. Uh, I, you just got to accept that. And when you let one side dominate your market, you're going to make bad marketing decisions on one of those sides. I'm sure a lot of marketing decisions that game companies have made for the West have not panned out well in Asia. Um you know, look at, yeah, I don't know. There's lots of things there. But also, it's not just Blizzard. It's also Bethesda. Look at the shit storm with Fallout 76. <laughs> um, and I, it's hard for me to say because Morrowind is one of my favorite games. And um, that I guess that's it. No, <laughs> I love the other Elder Scrolls too. But, uh, and even Fallout 3 and 4, they're really good. But they're so out of touch if they think that fans don't want Elder Scrolls 6. Like, if I'm not mistaken, it's like, I swear to God, they announced Elder Scrolls 6, then Fallout 76, and we got Fallout 76 in a few months. And right. there's not even a title for Elder Scrolls 6 yet. Yeah. And now, if, you know, for me, I'm not even excited about Elder Scrolls 6 anymore. Like, if this is, if Fallout 76 is what we can expect from them, then I don't, I don't care. <laughs> and I think, like, you know, I, we were talking uh, with msw in the discord my secret weapon um and he's saying he's excited you know and i think bethesda has some titles out like what was the one uh s- oh uh anthem space one uh, well anthem I, is um isn't that that anthem is from a different one um oh bioware anthem's bioware yeah yeah which um you know i'm glad to see project come out of bioware and anthem looks great but uh uh, God damn it, what was the other one called? I don't remember. Oh, Space One, you asshole, Taylor. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> space One, Star... Starfield! Oh. Um, anyway, they announced Starfield forever ago, and we still don't know anything about it. Uh, so, but it does look cool, and I'm excited for a space game by Bethesda. Like, that's exciting. But other than that, it's like, man, you gotta listen... To your fans, we don't need another online yeah. game. Um, and then, of course, there's a problem with Dice and EA. Battlefront Two was a shitstorm. So, yeah. you know. Um, anyway, yeah, I think that we are going to see a huge shift with consumer interests. I think that people are going to start putting their money where their mouth is, and we're not going to trust uh, AAA devs just because they have the IPs, right? Um, I would be just as willing to play a new IP if it meant a unique and fun gaming experience. I mean, that's what Morrowind was to me once upon a time. Yeah. Um, and that's what Gothic was once upon a time. I mean, look at The Witcher, for God's sake. Oh, yeah, know? dude. Like, The Witcher is the true underdog story. I mean, it was this indie game. The combat was weird in the first one. And, like, <laughs> yeah, it was popular, but it wasn't that popular. And the books in Polish, my God, they're a national treasure, but... Nobody else has ever heard of this damn thing. And now Witcher 3 is considered like one of the best games ever. And yeah. I kind of agree. It's super fun. Um, yeah, I need to pick that up. And that's technically an indie title. I know a lot of people will scoff at me, but 
uh, CD Projekt Red is a developer and they publish their own game. So that's what makes them indie, right? Um, yeah, I guess I can't argue with that. I Typically, I think people think of it as like scale of company yeah. and they have hundreds of employees who worked on that game. But I guess you're right. They're independent. They don't have to, they don't listen to anyone. Right, exactly. And we can think of a bunch of big budget movies that are technically indie movies, you know. Um, like Dude, what's a yeah. really What's one that I was just thinking of that's like a technically an indie movie? Uh um I mean, well, god, I mean even indie movies though cuz like again, you probably think of budget, but these indie movies still have millions of dollars of budget most of the time. Right. So. And that's the thing. Like, there's a lot of. <sighs> By the way, yeah. I don't want to get off topic too much, but we watched the movie Black Klansman. Have you seen that? Uh, no, but I heard it's so f- funny. I didn't think it was funny at all, but I thought it was a really good movie. Um, Not funny. Yeah. And good. But. Oh. <laughs> I guess the <laughs> well, previews make it look funny, but I guess it's probably. Because it's like serious topic. Adam Driver's the man, dude. Yeah. And so is. Uh, What's his name? Spike Lee. Yes. Yeah, Spike Lee wrote it or directed it. Um, yeah, it was a great movie. It it was actually kind of frightening because this stuff that happened was not is that real. long ago and is real. Yeah, I mean, uh, David Duke, the guy who's like the head of the KKK, like they showed at the at the end they showed pictures of him and stuff, and he's like not even that old. He's like probably in his sixties. You've never seen pictures of David Duke. No, I haven't. I mean, he endorsed Donald Trump. For I know sake. he did. Yeah, I remember hearing all about that. But yeah, it was kind of wild. They so the parts that are funny, they do make fun of a lot of the the KKK and white supremacist people sometimes, and and it can be kind of funny. But it was, I thought it was mostly a serious movie, and it was just kind of scary, like thinking of well, and it takes place in Colorado, and you don't think of Colorado as being like, you know. Dude, the West the standard is the racist United place. States is a haven. It really is, man. It's crazy. But anyways, I digress. You cool. guys should watch Black Klansman. It's good. Anyway, indie isn't necessarily budget. It's uh, it's just down to the infrastructure, I guess, the way that they deliver it to the public. Right? Generally, a developer makes a game. They go to a publisher who then releases it and all that sort of stuff. Um, like DICE developed... Uh, Battlefront 2, EA published it, uh, and right. so on and so forth, um, which means that they're not an indie studio. Uh, indie. Um, anyway, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen this at all, but um, I think we talked about it briefly, but like Google's Project Stream, I think that uh, this might be, personally, I think it's going to be like the last big push for uh, like you know, I guess I don't know what you would call it, but like game streaming. Mm-hmm. So you no, lo- no longer need a um, huge gaming PC. Right. It's, yeah, it's not It's not twi- like Twitch streaming. It's like you are playing your computer or yeah. your game, but it's like on another machine and it's just sending the video back to your computer. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I saw somebody get uh, accepted to the beta. I'm still waiting. I'm still hoping I get accepted to the beta for it. Um, because you uh, get to play uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and everything that I've read, and the one uh, and the one that I saw with Craft Computing um, played it on a um, Chromebook. 
Oh, dang. And, like, that's what they're doing. Big, powerful, beautiful games played on a Chromebook. Yeah, that's insane. And if you don't think that that's the future of gaming, I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know what this means for, like, big hardware manufacturers. And I don't think that that's going to go away overnight. I think people are still going to want to have their own uh, powerful PCs like that. And, you know, you you definitely could use that level of power for other tasks other than games, you know. Right. Um, but this is going to open the doors for so much more and i think i mean i don't know man it could do something well shoot i don't know i was gonna say to the console um market you know but i don't know i i think it's a good thing for gaming industry we're gonna see more games sold you know people like me don't buy assassin's creed odyssey because i can't run it yeah exactly and um that's going to be a huge shift. But I, I think my prediction, because obviously we've seen some services like this before. I can't remember the name of the yeah, one. I just, I just looked it up. It was on live. Yeah, there was another one, though. It wasn't just on live, right? Maybe it was uh, on live. I don't know. On live. I remember on live, though. 2010. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, maybe it was on live then. Um, but anyway, it just never quite took off. People were a little skeptical of it. Like, remember how skeptical you were about Netflix online streaming, Taylor? Was I? <laughs> well, I was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you trying to pin that on me? Uh, dude, I feel like I wouldn't be. I, I'm i like, I want everything to be online. Just make it easy, yeah. dude. But even back then, like that was 2009 was the first time I ever saw a movie stream online on Netflix. And I was like, what? That's not going to catch on. <laughs> well, I remember it being just like getting it sent to your door, like DVDs yeah. and stuff. And then yeah, it started kind of transitioning. And I felt I like did. it was just kind of weak, you know? It's like, it didn't seem like, I don't know. It didn't seem like there was as good of selection or something. And I don't know. I'm always a late adopter, though. I am, too. And that's the thing, man. If it were up to me, if I were the uh, amalgamation of, like, every consumer, if I was the market, like, widescreens wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I remember this conversation. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I, but I think, uh, that just having the might of Google behind that, this is going to be the push we need to see this gain traction. Just like how, you know, I guess even with the Oculus, like, I don't think it was the Oculus that necessarily did it. But, but I, I will just say, like, just how, like, how the Oculus was for VR, this will be for streaming. Yeah. Well, by the way, I'm just like going through the Wikipedia pages. They call it cloud gaming. And uh, NVIDIA also has a service that's in beta. It's called GeForce Now. You can request free beta there, too. That's cool. Yeah, but what was it called before cloud gaming? Because the cloud is like a relatively new title or word, yeah. isn't it? Like I don't know. I mean, I would say it's around 2010. Cloud. I mean, I was using Dropbox and stuff in college. And that's kind of my first experience with the cloud Interesting. I mean, I remember that type of stuff, but so I don't know. I think cloud gaming is isn't okay. Or oh, cloud gaming sometimes called gaming on demand. Is that gaming what on demand? Of? Might have been what I knew. Cloud gaming based on video streaming and cloud gaming based on file streaming. I don't know. Mm. But, but yeah, for I... everybody who was hanging on the edge of their seats about the term cloud, the cloud. Um, Cloud computing was 
used first in 2006 by Google. Um, Not surprising. Yeah. (laughs) Although, obviously, the notion of network-based computing strings all the way back to the 60s, which (laughs) makes sense. Um, so anyway, okay. So clearly not a new idea. Clearly the cloud is not as young as some people named Rhett would have you believe. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, this could be it. This could be the big push that we're all waiting for on that. Well, I've been thinking about how, like with my new laptop and everything, my desktop is starting to feel a little bit slow and it's four years old, but I just kind of feel like I don't know if I really need another desktop. You know what I mean? Right. And especially like, well, part of, I was thinking maybe I would, I would want a desktop if I get VR stuff, but I don't think that's necessary anymore. Like maybe no. in the next two years there, you know, we'll never see that. And that's the thing. I think the people that are going to keep, I think the people that are going to keep um, desktop computers alive are going to be the enthusiasts. Yeah. The people who liked to put in the cool parts with the fancy RGB fans and the cool water cooling with lights in it and all this stuff, like those are going to be the people to keep the desktop alive. Right. Because it's already kind of on the outs with people realizing that they don't need the most powerful hardware out in order to run these huge games mm-hmm. at playable frame rates. Right. You don't need to play Grand Theft Auto V on higher than like 45 FPS. Yeah. 35 is doable. Right. You know what I mean? And I can do that on my crap computer. And I literally have a, a shitty Franken computer based off of an HP Walmart computer. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, anybody who tells you otherwise, and this is why I don't, this is why I kind of think the RTX isn't necessarily going to grab on as well as it should until it becomes like a more industry standard thing, which even then, I don't know if it will. I think it might be a novelty. We'll see how it fares in, over the next year. But remind, uh, remind us about RTX. RTX, ray tracing. Come on, you guys all seen that. Or, <laughs> RTX on, RTX off. RTX on, RTX off. No, just me. No. Anyway, ray tracing. <laughs> um, Ray tracing is a I know advancement, is. essentially. Oh, yeah. Well, remember, dude. Remember when we were in high school and we made like our lightsabers? Yeah. Uh, that we were gonna like film Star Wars duels with. Yeah. <laughs> we were gonna like. That was when I learned about ray tracing. It was yeah. It's been around since like Toy Story. Yeah. Anyways, continue. But the technology has never been available at the consumer level. Oh, okay. Um, like, even the Toy Story movies, it would take f- days and days and days and months and months and months to render a single scene. Yeah. Th- just the power wasn't there. But now, with this new core that they developed for their for, – and the NVIDIA developed, they're able to use a- AI technology to better predict uh, – basically the way that rays would be traced and which is how we get it kind of more on the consumer level because it's done now faster. And while it's not, I don't think it's actually true ray tracing. It's just like a recreation. Yeah. Um, anyway, still, so like now supposedly, uh, you know, like what's a good example of this? Like, I don't know, but basically ray tracing just emulates real light as we understand it Mm -hmm. um 
which uh, I think now the most modern form of lighting in games is like rasterization, I think, um, which I don't really know what that means, but it's like global lighting. Okay. Um, and you can mimic shadows and all this type of stuff, but ray tracing does more than mimic shadows. It actually would like create shadows and reflections would be true reflections, you know? Yeah. Like theoretically, you know, you'd be able to like, see yourself in the glints of your enemy's eyes while playing, you know, one of these ray tracing first person shooters. Um, but anyway, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. No, I'm also kind of like going down this rabbit hole, looking up some things. And I realized I, when I was talking about the lightsabers, I was thinking of, I think rotoscoping Mm. rather than ray tracing. And I think rotoscoping is basically where you take like live footage and you trace something over the top of it. Yeah, that's not ray tracing. Yeah, that's not um, ray tracing. But I'm looking at pictures of ray tracing, and it looks insane. Well, when you said it, I was like, okay, like maybe that was a thing, but it yeah, would have taken no. forever to do. I know. Sorry, um, I'm an idiot. No, uh, it's fine. <laughs> but by the way, this kind of get reminded me of something which I think someone in the Discord posted. Have you seen this stuff with uh, Peter Jackson's World War II documentary or World War One yeah. documentary? <clears throat> Did yeah. we talk about that at all? Because that is insane. Well, we've talked about it off the podcast. Okay. Maybe yeah, you I were think. telling me. Because um, that kind of reminds me in a way. Like, it trying to predict, um, you know. So, oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's using AI technology, essentially, to kind of smooth out um, these frames that he has from World War One footage. Yeah. And he's and- basically putting together a documentary. And I think, like, even some of the, like... Yeah, I don't know what else he's doing with that. It's been a while since I've I've looked at that, but it looks amazing. Like they're they're the way that they're able to sort of um, redo some of these some of this camera footage is amazing. Yeah, it is crazy. Like imagine it's like super super grainy, you know, ten fifteen frame a second footage of World War One stuff, and then imagine it basically uh, high def color like it it just puts you into their world basically it's amazing it really does yeah we'll have to link to that absolutely yeah that's cool yeah i think you and i have briefly touched on it i don't think we've talked about on the podcast we have sorry um but anyway taylor what about you have you uh you got any other other things i think will happen well i think this year just based off of seeing um the Oculus Quest. Uh, yes. All wireless, no PC needed, just like we were talking about. Um, VR rig. Like, it's basically just a headset. Yeah. And it's full six-point VR. I think this is the year when this thing comes out. I think it's going to just blow the top off of it. I think people, especially because the price is so low, I think it's yeah. starting at 399 like you don't need a gigantic gaming rig to have quality VR. You don't yeah. even you don't even need to like change your room setup. You literally like from what I understand of it, you go into your room and it does some sort of like mapping algorithm. Yes. And then there you are, you're in it. It's so wild, dude. <sighs> That's going to be huge. And yeah. I I am sorry cuz Taylor was sort of touching on this earlier, but I I just wanted you to say it more outright. Yeah. Um, but That's- yeah, man, I th- 
I think you could be right about this. I that's my biggest prediction. I say this year it's going to start taking off, and in 2020 we're going to see some insane VR stuff. Maybe like, this in combination with uh, with Project Stream, huh? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I'm, um, I'm really excited to see um, the Oculus Quest in action because, like, what it sounds like is awesome, but I'm also very skeptical of the quality that it could provide because there's no gaming PC, because of the price, because there's no, uh, like, detached sensors that keep track of you. I could yeah. see it being, like, just groundbreaking or kind of a flop, and I really hope that it's groundbreaking because if... You can detach the VR headset from a PC, wire-free, no sensors, no PC, and make it quality. Like, oh my god! Like the next step after that is like literally glasses. So absolutely, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> that in a full bodysuit, right? Mm. Yep. <laughs> That's gonna be the day. Yeah. Never see me again. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yep. So my last prediction, I had one more that I tacked on because when I wrote these predictions was the day that the story broke in the UK uh, of Game Workers Unite. I think it was Game Workers Unite. Um, but anyway, uh, in the UK, the video games industry had unionized uh, when I had written this. So at this point, it's a few weeks ago. Um, and just... 12 hours ago, Polygon, the bastards, wrote an article called Why 2019 Could Be the Year Video Game Unions Go Big. And I think that with more and more of the troubles of AAA game studios being brought to light with like Telltale Games and the working conditions of places, um, you know, uh, what was one of the examples I was thinking of? Any of the places, really. Um, I mean, you know, just, Rockstar. Yeah, Rockstar. <laughs> I mean, read the book Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, and you get an idea of some of the horror conditions that uh, games workers work in. And I think this is really important for all of us involved uh, in game dev with Game Dev's Quest or uh, whatever you know you might be involved with, because. Um, because nobody wants to work so hard to achieve their dreams and then have it be a fucking sweat, ha- uh, fucking, uh, sweat factory. Yeah. Um, you know, you're entitled to, uh, decent working conditions without the fucking fear of losing your job every second. Yeah. Um, or sexual harassment, which is a, a huge one that's right. been coming out with telltale games. Um, well that, and just, um, like, I mean, there's the whole gender discrimination with having a family and stuff, but it happens for men too who have families. Like, they basically have to pick between their jobs and and seeing their newborn kid. You know? Yeah, it's pretty Absolutely. messed up. It's super screwed up. And you hear all these stories about how come crunch or not even crunch, but like six months before release, which I guess could be crunch, but it's like people start maintaining a second apartment closer to the office, or they just start sleeping under their desk because. Right they're working such long hours and that's just not okay. It's not okay for the coal industry to do. It's not okay for the oil industry to do. And it's not okay for the games industry to do. 
which is now, believe it or not, a global force with the amount of money that they're producing. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of these companies basically have a fucking money printing machine, for God's sake. Like, if you look at, like, if Blizzard wants to make money, all they got to do is re-release Diablo 2, like, you know, high-res version. And yeah. they got a motherfucking print factory in their backyard. Yeah. Um, and it's just not okay that they wield that much influence and power with money, yet can't even afford to treat their work as decently. And I hope that everybody listening is just as upset about it as I am. And I, I am part of the problem in the sense that I still support the games industry and buy games from them, even that like I haven't thoroughly enjoyed Red Dead Redemption 2, despite some of the horror stories that have come out from that. But regardless, like if you want to get involved in this industry, like y- a lot of people learn the hard way that it's not worth it. Yeah. And that's scary. And, you know, the thing is, is I think a few years ago, I used to be pretty, not anti-union by any means, but I was like, we don't need more unions. And then I look at all the working conditions that I've ever faced in my life. And I look at the statistics of labor unions uh, throughout the last several decades and to see them, their power plummet and to see gross employment abuse nationwide, it makes me realize that the propaganda against unions is working. Um and there's nothing to be afraid of here. This could be very good for the games industry. Um, well, I mean, maybe not. Can you, can you imagine like saying you have to literally do double shifts and you get paid the same amount and like, right. You have to sacrifice your, your entire family and social life. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what's happening. And it's just stupid. So, and I think like we always, and, and I think most of the people in our Discord and everything are coming from the indie perspective. Like, they want to make their own game. I don't think a lot of people really have a huge desire to go work for a games game industry company that, you know, they're just kind of a number. But, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you kind of are faced with this, like, stability factor of, like, well, if I'm good enough at making games, I could get a game, I could get a job working for some big company and I can pay the bills for a while or I can go the indie route and like probably go into debt, take a lot of risk, whatever. But there's that trade off, like both, both avenues are, they have a lot of cons, you know, (laughs) which is kind of, kind of crappy, but. Well, and that's the thing. Like if you want to make games, you should be able to sign up with a big company and make games and make money doing it. Right. Like the problem, the fact that you either have to sell your soul to the devil or incur debt or financial harm by doing like the indie thing. Yeah. That's, that's like just not cool. I know. You know, the fact that there is a huge infrastructure that needs workers yet. And I get, you know, with unionization, it, those jobs could clog up really quick, but, um, but it's just, it's just this weird, weird dichotomy that we're looking at, but this could be a good thing. And if anybody listening is looking at union unionizing, just know that if you begin unionization efforts, your employers cannot fire you despite what they say. Just look up the laws in your state or your country. Um, and if you do it right, you're protected from retaliation in that sense, um, which is what uh, Game Workers Unite um, really focused on. And apparently they'd been working on this for like a whole year, which is very cool. It, it didn't just happen out of the blue. People worked on it, but... Um, but uh, when they started talking, a lot of these games companies in the UK just turned around and fired a bunch of these union organizers, which is against the law. 
And uh, I think as time goes on and uh, unions are diminishing and losing strength and things like that, we're going to see employers fight back harder, um, which, you know, hey, whatever, I guess they're entitled to do. But I, I think it just shows you where their intentions lie. And it's not with the uh, it's not with the betterment or the value of their laborers. Um, so. Yeah. It's all about that cash money. Absolutely. And who knows? Maybe I just don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But I think in 2019, I think we might see one of our first um, North American uh, games unions, which might be pretty cool. So, Yeah, and I'll just go back to my point about uh, voting with your money. We Absolutely. All, I mean, you get your vote in elections, which I hope everyone out there who's eligible to vote will vote in elections. But you also vote with your money. You control where the markets go. So don't support corrupt things that you don't like. That's yeah. one of the biggest things I did over the last year, and it feels good. So Yeah. Bye, Andy. Yep. Uh, why don't we talk about some things we want to see and keep it kind of brief maybe because we only got a couple minutes. Yep, we're right at the end of the time. Uh, what? Why would you say that to me, bro? What? <laughs> I don't know because a couple episodes ago we talked about your mouth for 30 minutes. <laughs> You shut the fuck up. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> uh, yep. So, what um, you, okay. What do you hope for? I'll say all of mine without elaboration, unless you want to go first. No, you go. Okay. I hope Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord comes out. Please, for the love of God, please. Those were Rhett's words. <laughs> My exact words. Um, I think, God, who is it? Um, well, I think EA is releasing it, but uh, Star uh, Star Wars game, Jedi Fallen Order. I hope that it doesn't suck because I love Star Wars and I love Star Wars games. Um, although I do believe that it will because look at Battlefront 2. Um, and also, uh, when I wrote these predictions, uh, Obsidian had just dropped their teaser for Outworlds with the sweet slam dunk saying on there, from the original creators of Fallout. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope that funny. game comes out, and I hope it's awesome. Or at least I said I can't wait to see more of it. So, And then, of course, unionization. So those are my things. Nice. Yep, so um, I want to see the Age of Empires Definitive Editions launch because they talked about doing one, two, and three Definitive Editions. Um, yeah. And I think, man, that must have been Two's like, out. Is uh, it? It's not. That's HD edition. So there, oh, that one's. I'm so sorry. I don't think that's actually put out by Microsoft. Um, they're actually, Microsoft is coming back and redoing all of them one, two, and three. And they said at least one should be out this year. I think they're going to release all three of them and then release Age of Empires 4, which we got a teaser for last year, or I guess this year, for Age of Empires 4. I would love to see it out in 2019, but I, I'm guessing it's more like 20 or 2021. So we'll see you. Stay tuned for that. Uh, we got news. I talked about this, about Anodyne 2, which I'm excited for. Yeah. Uh, I also want to see some some info on the oculus quest it's supposed to drop i think first or second quarter though so that'll come out this year i'll be excited to see how that uh is reviewed and then i'd really like to see some of the mobile stores get kind of cleaned up and less saturated um because god i've spent so many like bored nights the last couple night well couple months looking through the android store and it's just like you almost can't even pick a single thing. 
because they all look the same. (laughs) Nothing sticks out. Um, So we'll see. I don't think anything will be done about that, but I am curious to see how Elder Scrolls uh, Blades turns out. And also, I mean, just I'll probably install it just because, but Diablo Immortal, if it's free, I'll install it. If it's paid, I won't. So I wonder how they'll turn out. You're one of the lucky few that has a phone. What? Me? <laughs> yeah. Because of, because of what they said. I was just joking. Oh. <laughs> like, what? Don't you guys have phones? <laughs> oh, I was like, what? You don't have a phone anymore? <laughs> yeah, my phone no. will run it. That's, that'll be nice. Pixel 3 oh, is Oh, rub good. it in. Yep. Oh, look at me. I've got a, a oh, Pixel 3. Oh, i got a Pixel 3. It readily has a 2. Uh, anyways well we were going to talk about some game design stuff but this is what happens when we just go hit an hour right now well this will give us time to talk up a little bit because actually it was a topic that i was pretty interested in so um yeah we're gonna try to pick some topics ahead of time um do a little bit of research and talk about them on air so look forward to some game design stuff and uh Hopefully more guests, too. Absolutely. Yeah, I say it every time, but we do have more guests coming. Yep. Uh, it's just a matter of arranging those schedules, and the holidays have been hard. So look forward to a bunch of those uh, coming up in the new year. Yep. Awesome. Well, hey, guys, make sure that uh, you jump on on the Discord and say hey and talk with our other friends over there. It's bit.ly forward slash GDQ Discord. If you guys want to hit us up on Twitter, we're at GameDevsQuest. You can email us gdq at airpodcast.com. And as always, if you guys want to go get yourself some goodies, there's some fun stuff over there right now at HumbleBundle.com. You can use our special link, buy yourself something cool, and a little bit of that purchase, that sweet, sweet purchase goes into our pocket. Nothing extra comes out of your pocket. You get to buy yourself some cool stuff and we just get a little cool stuff in return if you know what i mean helps us uh, pay our server costs helps us uh you know pay our pay our uh you know re-up our domains and stuff every year and uh and keep the lights on in general you can use that link bit.ly forward slash gdq hyphen humble Go get yourself some goodies. And I think that'll about do it for this week. Sorry we're late, but we hope you all had a happy holidays. And we hope you guys enjoy the new year. Until next time. Yep. Have a good week, guys. Cute-ass music. Yeah, buddy.